From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. The show has a new Love Me Three Times patron, Mr. 7D from Thailand. Thank you, 7D, for all the extra love and support. You too can get your own shout out and even a handful of BSW stickers. Simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show for as little as a dollar an episode. That being said, the good shepherd. Countless Christians refer to their deity as a good shepherd. But why do they believe this? Have they not read their own holy book? Most haven't, and the ones that have will use every excuse in the book to defend the horrific actions of their invisible friend. Let's start with what does a bad shepherd look like? I see a bad shepherd as someone that allows a wolf to run rampant amongst the flock, just like when Yahweh created the bad guy and then released him upon his own flock. I see a bad shepherd as someone that slaughters the offspring of disobedient members of the herd, just as the loving Christian deity does. To me, these are not the attributes of a good shepherd. Christians have created a being that does not match up with the being that is described within their own holy book. They have to change and soften his vengeful and hate-filled past to fit their idea of what they want their deity to be. And if that doesn't work, they'll deny and avoid the obvious issues. Why would anyone want to defend such a monster? Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is author, podcaster, and founder of Fresh Faith 24-7, John Fugler. Welcome to the show, hey, Michael. John. Good, to, good to be here. Good to see you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about all these things you do? Sure, sure. Well, I, I'm. I guess I'm a media guy. I'm a content creator. I, I've been go. creating things since I was small. I had this uh, neighborhood newspaper going when I was. I think I was about eight. Wow. And so I sat there and typed it up, typed it up, typed it up. My little Smith Corona, and then I had to do like five of them, and then I handed them out. And we had, we had sports news in there. We had neighborhood <laughs> news in there. We had man bites dog oh, news in there. And uh, that was the only issue because it was too much work yeah. <laughs> to do over and over again. Especially by yourself. Yeah. yeah. So then I became a podcaster. No, uh, <laughs> in between there, I've been uh, involved in Christian radio for 40 years. Uh, mm. Love to do that in creating Christian content, uh, Christian music radio, quite a bit of that. Hmm. and uh, now serve with Transworld Radio, TWR, to head up uh, content for a global ministry that reaches oh, 190 countries around the world with, wow. with the gospel. So, um, but I can't, I just can't stop creating content. So yes, I do have a podcast called Fresh Faith 
in real life or we feature people who are experiencing that intimacy of their walk with Jesus. Hmm. I just did an interview the other day with somebody who uh, he and his wife went through a, a season of cancer and they felt distant from God and distant from God. And, and the Lord hmm. just uh, became more and more real to them. And they, uh, their faith in Christ is, is more intimate than ever. But sometimes it, it takes times like that to draw us close to the Lord. Cancer. In- interesting. Wait, wait, I love this. We can start right off with cancer. Um, it's, a t- it's a tough topic. Um, a lot of people don't make it out of cancer. Uh, a lot of people suffer through it, children even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good place to start. So where, where does cancer come from? Why do we have cancer in our world? Boy, fallen world. I mean, Michael, you you and I both know it's like you know, in the garden with Adam and Eve, cancer wasn't there. And this disease called sin and the disobedience. I don't understand how cancer and and wars and sinful behavior emanate out of Adam and Eve in the garden, but it does. We've inherited that, you know, over the over the centuries. But hmm. um, you know, God still uses it uses it in our lives. You tell it, talk to Dave and Jan, who I interviewed, and um, they are just uh, absolutely closer to the Lord than they ever have been. We've gone through cancer. My wife had breast cancer. Hmm. Uh, we, we were, I remember when we got the diagnosis from the doctor and we were in his office, we were both standing there Yeah. and he, he found the only open office he could find for us. And when we came back for the results, I think it was like a broom closet. Hmm. And, and he told us, and I, I was just stunned. I was shocked. And my wife, she took it totally differently. And she was a real champion all the way through the process. And I was the one who felt the trauma and the pain yeah. and all that. Uh, so it does it has scary. an effect on us. Yeah. Yeah. She Definitely. came through it. Good. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, that's some scary stuff. I can't even imagine what, what I would do. Um, so as far as Yahweh uses cancer to help people. What about the times when people don't survive cancer, like the children? Let's go back. I, I, I've talked to several pastors who have had children die at a young age of different diseases, cancer being one of them. So what, what, what's going on in that case? Yeah, that's, boy, that's, that's a tough one. You know, I think that, I know that in times like that, in times like crisis, when you're talking about life and death, when you talk about crisis, when you're talking about personal destruction in your life, Hmm. And we only see a, a, a portion of, of, of everything that God sees, a small portion of that. He has that, that eternal perspective. And I have to go back and I have to trust in the character of God, God's hmm. faithfulness, God's love, um, God's goodness, his sovereignty. And sometimes in my, my heart and mind, it just it, there's a disconnect there, but I have to go back and say, that's true. I know through God's words, it's true. I've seen it in people's lives. It's true. And well, I don't, I don't have all the answers, hmm. even Dave and Jan, as they were talking about this and they, they now minister to people and they have for 30 years of going through cancer and pain and suffering. And, and they said, you know, we may not know the answer to some of these questions till the, till the other side. So I don't, but hmm. it's times like that when we have to go to the Lord rather than walk away from the Lord, you know, that's easy for me to say, okay? It's easy for me to say. If I was sitting here with cancer right now, I'd have a different perspective, but I do know that going to the God who is faithful is the place to go. So the God, Yahweh allowed it to happen at this point. Did he allow it or did he cause it? 
Good question. <laughs> you're getting into theology. You're going a lot deeper than <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go pretty deep. You. Get ready to so dive Michael, in. So, Michael, what do you think? <laughs> oh boy, what I think. Wow. Oh man, no, I, I don't think I don't think somebody who who allows children to have cancer deserves honor, respect, or or, or praise for that. Um, I think we should we should definitely question that um you're talking about he uses it and, he, and in some cases you don't understand how he uses it because it doesn't seem like he does so we've got yes and no's here but you're gonna you're gonna follow the yeses as as a positive as a good thing you know it's always good because he, he's helped out these people but we're not gonna judge him for the things he does that are not helping people right such as children with cancer um incurable cancers and they're dying and and, and these are pastors they've had towns praying for these these kids you know um so I, I that's how i am with that so how do you see it well you know i i want to even take a broader look at it and say you know we look look what going what's going on in ukraine right now and mm. russia invading ukraine and the devastation we've seen yeah. some of the some of the pictures and and videos and we're going oh, this is just this is hell scary, hell, scary hell, hell is breaking out in the ukraine and I know believers over there hmm. through a ministry I serve with who are, they continue to trust God and they continue to see God work and they continue to lean into the Lord. Hmm. But you, you say, well, you know, Putin, he, he, we say he's evil and God should just wipe him off the face of the earth because he's evil, hmm. sinful, and that would take care of that. And the just God would do that. Hmm. Well, what about the rest of us? Because we're sinful. <laughs> you know, we have sin in our lives. Does that mean mm. God doesn't wipe us off the face of the earth too? Well, I um, mean, it's a little bit difference there. We're not invading a country. We're not terrorizing people. No, we um, aren't. For the most part, anyways. <laughs> when you talk about, yeah, <laughs> right, in our minds, maybe. But it, it's that same thing. It's like we look at different degrees of sin, and mm -hmm. sin is really rebellion against God. And so uh, it's it's the kind of thing where um, – we, we see things so differently than God does. And I don't know how God sees everything. You and I don't know that. Hmm. But again, I have to go back and trust in his, his character. Uh, and back to trusting his character. Yeah, yeah. And, and where even, do you, even when I don't have the answers. Where do you get this? Well, this... My mind will blow up if I try to get all the answers. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of questions out there for sure. Yeah. Um, so um, I totally lost my question. Um, character of Yahweh. There it is. Uh, where, where do you see the character of Yahweh? Can you find it? Is it in the Bible? Is it a personal thing? Does he talk to you? I mean, how does that work for you? How do you know the character? Oh, it, it's neat because I, uh, one of the things I've done is uh, I look at the life of, of Christ Jesus. and uh, of Jesus. Yeah. I look at, uh, at him and I've done a couple of years ago. In fact, I wrote one of my devotionals is 30 days with Jesus. Uh -huh. they're, they're all about Jesus, but this one's like, on the character qualities of Jesus. And to me, that is where we need to go. If we really want to know Christ, understand Christ, know Jesus, um, so, go to who he is. For instance, mm -hmm. one thing is Jesus is the good shepherd. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. And that whole thing about shepherds, wow. Um, you could, we could talk for hours of, of what a shepherd does and how he protects his flock, how he yeah. lays down his life for his flock. One sheep gets away and he goes after it and comes back. And one sheep gets cancer, Jesus he saves like them. <laughs> yeah, he does sometimes. I mean, if I was a shepherd and one of my animals had, well, even my dog, if my dog had cancer, I wouldn't just, you know, mysteriously work in mysterious ways. I'd go to the vet and get it fixed. You know, I'd, I'd mm -hmm. solve that issue. 
But with Yahweh, yeah. I, don't, I don't see him doing their Jesus. Uh, I don't see Jesus coming in and intervening with at the children's hospitals, all these children who are dying and whatnot. Doesn't seem like a good shepherd at that point. He's kind of a, mm -hmm. leaving some yeah, and, astray. And, yeah, and, and just uh, as we, you know, Jesus laid his life down for us. I mean, and the shepherd does that too. Uh, and And as I look at the tenderness of a shepherd and the tenderness of Jesus. That's just, that's just one character quality that I see hmm. of him. Um, and I've been kind of pouring over that a lot these days. Um, you know, uh, that, that, that's just one thing as we, as we look at the, the qualities of Christ and the qualities that he, he's lived out and he showed through, um, through his life here on earth. Um, it, it's, it's great. It's great. And that's what really, as I grow closer to Jesus, that's where I go. Um, and uh, another aspect of Jesus, just Jesus, my rescuer, you know, without, without Jesus, I'm lost in my sin. Mm. And he rescued me. He stepped, he, he stepped down out of heaven, gave his life up in exchange for mine, uh, and gave me a relationship with God, the Father. And so when I think about what a rescuer does, that, you know, I take these character qualities of Jesus and and play them out into how I understand them and say my horizontal relationships of, of who he is. So those are, um, those are some of the things that I, that go through my mind as I look at the life of Christ. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I mean, I, I'm talking about like, if, a, if one of my kids or your kids or, or, or his shepherd or, or sheep, sorry, um, were ill, he would probably go in and try and save them as a good shepherd, right? He would, he would actually step in and, and, and save these children from, this horrible thing. I mean, that's what he's for, right? The good shepherd. He's here to take care of us and protect us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, sometimes we don't know what the bigger plan is hmm. that God has. So you're you're, you're banking on that bigger plan. Cause we don't know why yeah. he didn't save this kid, why this kid had to suffer and die, why that other kid had to suffer and die, but there's a bigger picture somewhere. We just don't understand. There's gotta be a reason. Right. And you know, you that think that's at? a canned answer, but that's so true. I mean, that's, it's just the way, the way it is because of our finiteness uh, and you know, God is, you know, he, he sees and acts in a, in a greater, broader picture than, than we do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would definitely step in and save them if I had the power to, especially if okay. I had Jesus power, I'd go to the, every children's hospital and just walk through the aisles healed, you know, I mean, that's what I would do as a loving, good shepherd. That's what I see. That's what I think of when I, when I hear those words, um, you, we had, we had briefly mentioned spiritual warfare. Uh, this is another aspect where I'm curious about why, why Yahweh doesn't step in or Jesus doesn't step in and, and help us out with the spiritual warfare. So, uh, just so we're on the same page, what is spiritual warfare to you? Boy, spiritual war, uh, you know, as we talk about the, um, what's going on in, in, in the heavenly realms of things that mm. the seen and the unseen. Yeah. I mean, you and I, for instance, I have an argument with my wife <laughs> and I say, well, I'm having an argument with my wife and that's it. But really I believe there's spiritual warfare in that where my pride jumps up. Uh, and even, even Satan has me thinking things about her that will turn me against her, wow. her against me, that type of thing. So I, you know, we, of course there, there's the flesh that, that pride, that, I want to, I want to win. I'm first, you know, that, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm a competitor. So that's part of it. Hmm. And uh, another part of that is just, uh, I believe there's spiritual warfare. I mean, when we think about the uh, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, hmm. et cetera. Those are things that come 
as the spirit lives in and through us. And yet, why do we have such a hard time being loving, uh, have peace, huh. patience? How, how come we're not gentle? And I think that part of that is has to do with the, the spiritual warfare. That's, that's kind of the subtle things. Hmm. And um, we think about some of the things going on in the world today and just uh, the things that are seen and things that are unseen. And the scripture refers to those too. So there's, there's Satan and his demons. Correct me if I'm wrong at any point here. Satan and his demons are controlling people, sending you thoughts, making you think certain things. You know, the, the, uh, the Bible calls uh, uh, Satan a liar, you know, father of lies. Yeah. Yeah. Father of lies, a deceiver. And man, when we get deceived, we kind of, we kind of act out. Interesting. When we're, when we're deceived, it's not like Satan has to come and and empower us. It's not that it's in our, it's what our thoughts lead to our actions. Uh, and we will, when we are deceived, that is what causes us to act in opposition to what God would have for our lives. So I Satan mean, is I, allowed to deceive us. Oh yeah. So who's actually in control here? <laughs> well, God, God gives us a Satan. choice. God gives us a choice. God gives us a choice. God gives Satan a choice to, to change your mind and, and control you, apparently. So, I mean, why? who's in control? Is it Satan or is it God? Because if God's here to save you and protect you like a good shepherd should, he wouldn't allow the wolf inside your head to change your thoughts and, and give you certain ideas. I mean, I wouldn't allow anybody to do that to my sheep if I was a shepherd. Yeah, if, uh, but at the same time, if God were just to control us, we would not have us, that Satan. free choice. Not us, Satan. No, yeah, why, why, well, that's Satan. a bad guy. Yeah, I'm not Satan. Satan. I'm not saying Satan is controlling us, but we have that oh. choice. We have that choice, and so okay, God allows us in His love to choose, to choose, and we can choose whether we'll be we do the we do the good, or we do the evil. Gotcha. And um, and I even think in my own own life as I uh, I was an athlete growing up, hmm. became a Christian when I was uh, 16. And as I went into living and I was saved by grace, you know, it was nothing that I did. And yet I took my performance mentality because that's what I knew and it was programmed that way. Hmm. And throughout my, for decades in my walk with Christ, I would perform for him thinking when I perform for God, it makes me closer to him. Interesting. Rather than living in grace and living in relationship with him, I really missed out on, on God's love and uh, really understanding him as, as the good shepherd. And it doesn't matter whether I do good or bad, God doesn't love me any more or less. You know, his love for me doesn't depend on my behavior. Hmm. And yet I would try to achieve those things and wondered why I was, huh. why, why I was anxious, why I was angry, why I was frustrated and all these things because I was living in, in a performance-based relationship with God rather than a grace-based relationship with him. So to me, that's you, you think about spiritual warfare, that's a simple deception. That's a simple deception. And because of our pride, we, we lean in that direction, but it, all, it ends in destruction. But just very curious. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Um, just very curious. The whole, the, Jesus, Yahweh, all-powerful knows everything right but we're still in a war how is that possible what why is he drawing out this war what's he waiting for 
Oh, wait until uh, Jesus returns. So he's going to continue on a pointless war that he can just snap his fingers and end. I mean, he can just, and there goes Satan and his armies. They just disappear. He can well, blink. Gee, he can just blow his nose and they're gone. I mean, yeah. Well, why, one why, of the, uh, why allow the bad guy to run free and influence people and then and, and start a war, a whole war in heaven, in the heavenly realms, and then just let it happen. Just let it keep mm -hmm. going. It doesn't seem very mm -hmm. logical to me. Yeah. And we have to keep in mind as we step back too, is that Jesus um, will return when the whole world hears when the whole, when everybody has the opportunity to accept or reject him. You know, it'd be really if, cool if we look through the book of revelation. Um, you know, we see that if we think we're in a war now, we'll really see it then. And we're going to actually see that too, uh, if we're here, but, um, you know, as we, as we look at, and Paul even said this, you know, he lived to share the gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. And he said, you know, he gave his life for that to do that. And so as we look at the bigger picture of Jesus being proclaimed to the whole world, that is, that's the time once that is done, then Jesus will return. So, so there's that time. What's between he waiting now for? And, what's he waiting for? I mean, he can show up and say hi to everybody. He can be like, look, I'm the only God that exists. Here I am. Hello. Everybody can see me because, you know, I can show myself to everybody all at once because I'm all powerful, but he doesn't do that. He stays mm -hmm. hidden. He stays quiet. And he lets Satan control people and influence people. Well, there's a whole war going on. He can stop it, but he just keeps going. Well, he gave us the Great Commission. <laughs> so this infinite being gives flawed human beings. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and imagine it, the, huh? disciples, <laughs> the disciples that he picked too. You think, wow, Jesus, you picked those wrong. In fact, one betrayed you. One kill, mm. one help kill you. Mm. And yet that was in your plan. It was in God's plan. And sometimes we don't understand it. And so God used all what? these people who, these 12 disciples who end up turning the world upside down for Christ. And they were about as flawed as flawed could be. I mean, you talk about a tax collector. He was just, he was despised by people. Mm. And these fishermen who um, they knew how to fish, uh, it's just at a doctor. Good thing we had a doctor. They probably needed some medical help along the way. I'm sure they didn't because they had Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's the healer, right? He just yeah. look at point. you and go, you're point. healed. I mean, so I, I they probably that, didn't need a doctor or a tax collector, actually anything at all, because you know, Jesus could provide it all at that point. Uh, love doesn't require uh, on behavior. Something you said about that love. Yahweh doesn't require love to be um, something about our behavior. So our behaviors don't gain his love. Dang it. I can't remember. What right. You okay. Said. Yes. What, um, our behavior that? doesn't earn or earn. Uh, yes. There it is. Yes. Yeah. We can't yeah. earn our, God doesn't love us anymore, any less based on our behavior. There it is. There it is. Thank you. So you, that's true for you. Now you've read the Bible. Yeah. Correct. You know, the parts in there where he says he hates people such as Esau. He says he hates Esau. He also says he hates the people of Ephraim. Um, I'm sure he hated the people he drowned in the flood too. He probably didn't like them very much. That's why he did it. Um, so those people's actions caused Yahweh to not love them. So at that point, that statement is kind of not biblically accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we have to really look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. I mean, when Jesus came, he introduced new covenant. New covenant, and that was just just reading that this morning, I was reading through Mark chapter two and three, 
where uh, Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Um, they, you know, they said that's work. The disciples, um, you know, they didn't fast like John's disciples fasted. Um, there was another thing that there are like five different conflicts he had with the religious rulers of the day because they said that the law says this and you're supposed to do it this way. And he, he came to say, well, there's, uh, this is the new covenant. And he, you know, he, you know, you shouldn't eat with sinners. Um, you shouldn't have anything to do with sinners. Mm. And, you know, there was this, the law and, you know, things that, that, that have been piled up, the Pharisees piled up beyond the Bible that became this huge law that was not grace at all. And when Christ came, he introduced grace. He was teaching grace and love in a way that was like so foreign to people. They hadn't heard this before. And then he went to the cross to demonstrate that love and grace. And that was a new covenant. And I, and the love of God, the love of God is, is shown so much more as a result of Jesus being here and showing us in person, God himself and taking that, is God a wrathful God? Yes, he still is. Is he a loving God? Yes, he still is. Is he a jealous um, God? Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> is. Is jealousy one of the things you think of when you hear a loving deity or being? Uh, yes, because he's God. That, uh, sorry, that I don't, that doesn't add up for me. How does that work? Yeah. Um, the, the God is a jealous God that he, he, uh -huh. wants he punishes children for the sins of the father. It says like several times in there. Um, so, I don't see jealousy as a, as a loving and that's attribute. that's debatable that's debatable whether that is the truth which one jealousy that he punishes the 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 generations based on the sins of the fathers that's not uh some uh, that that is that may not be completely accurate gotcha well we've got exodus 20 verse 5 exodus 34 verse 7 deuteronomy 5 verse 9 exodus 34 14 and numbers 14 18 that says that that's a lot of verses that got it wrong. Yeah, but you're you're citing the verses and you're not uh, looking deeper into the interpretation and study of those. So God kills uh, people. And I'm not a theologian. Other... I can't go into that now. But I, uh, you're it's good, something he... that that we that we those are verses that a lot of people cite, and at face value, those they look at it how they they see it themselves yeah, yeah no 100% I've read into it um and he does he, he punishes the kids out of jealousy in several points uh Ephraim he he he, he slaughters them I will slaughter your cherished offspring hmm. he causes the milk to run dry miscarriages a bunch of stuff like that other places he sends wild animals after their kids why because they worship the wrong god um these gods apparently don't even know they exist so mm -hmm. for worshiping fake gods he gets so mad and jealous he kills their kids with but one place he threatens to have their parents eat them because of that. I mean, that's so horrible. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. see that yeah. as loving at all. That's, that's, yeah. that's the farthest thing from love that I can think of. Um, so it, he is a jealous God, but in, in, in several places, in one of the few places, I can't remember which one it was, uh, but he, he mentions that jealousy is not part of love. Um, I don't think it is either. And so do 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 you believe he's the jealous God? Not the punishing children part, because I mean, we. Oh yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not really I mean, he's that jealous. debatable because it's pretty he's jealous in the in the oh, sense yes. that when we uh, worship other gods that aren't even real, we, other idols. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's so. What's it's the big a lot deal? Different, it's a lot different than the uh, statues and things that the 
uh, yeah. long ago they put up, but we have our own gods yeah. that we try not to worship. And my God, he, I don't know if you can see that. It's this little device in my hand that tells me everything I want to know. <laughs> I got this one. A Spider-Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd rather That's worship Spider-Man. He doesn't <laughs> <Okay>. kill children. <laughs> so we have our, we have our own. It's just twenty yeah. first century gods. We've each got um, our own gods. But I yeah, yeah. I, and boy, it's a that's the battle. But um, yeah, as I uh, you know, and as we we really look at the and study the life of Christ, that's that's real key. He came, so it's all Jesus. We want to just stay on Jesus. That yeah, just, he's the fulfillment of uh, he's the fulfillment of who God is. I mean, that is Old Testament is just true. So what is the Old Testament to you? Is it like all these stories are true or are they just all out of context? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they are. So they are yeah. true. So yeah. Yahweh did slaughter the people's children of Ephraim and, and send wild animals after other ones. And so he really did that. It's in there. Yes, he did. Wow. And and that's loving. That's a, that's a loving God to you. Our God is loving. Our God is also just. It's our not God just to kill children for the our sins God of their is fathers. Our, is though, a John. ruler as well. We we can't isolate just one character quality of God. We need to see him fully. You can and, see him fully, but when you take apart these each attributes, such as the loving, the all-knowing part, um, mm -hmm. the, the fairness part, each one of these things falls apart as you look into them. Each one. And you can, you can use Bible references over and over again to find out that none of this is really accurate. He's not a loving God. He's not an all-knowing God. In several places, he doesn't know what's going on. Um, and uh, all-powerful. He's definitely not all-powerful. I mean, there's a lot of things he can't do. Um, so I, I just don't I so don't why do see you, the why do you say there's some things he can't do? Attributes. Rather than he chooses not to do. Chooses. Well, that would be an interesting thing, because if he's all-loving and he chooses to let the devil run free, I don't think that's a very good thing. It doesn't make any sense. And if he chooses to, ch to kill his own son instead of just forgiving people of their sins like a normal person would, I don't think that's loving. I don't think that's fair or just or rational. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of issues that I have um, individually with each of these characteristics. Yeah. And that's why we need to look at it at fully. You get a glint. It's like a diamond. You know, no. you've got a diamond. You look at the different facets of that diamond. Uh -huh. I mean, you can't, and it's very difficult. You can't see all the facets of a diamond at once, at once. But each of those facets is a, a quality of that diamond. And if there's it's a, a diamond as a whole. But if there's and a so flaw in that diamond, if there's a crack or a scratch or anything, we toss it out. It's not as, it's not as, uh, uh, it's not worth as much. Right. And that's what I see. I up. see. If, if Yahweh's a diamond, I see tons of scratches and flaws and things that are in there that don't add up, that don't make sense, and I would toss it out. And that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I'm going to toss out that diamond because it's worthless to me. That's too bad. So <laughs> I'd study it more. <laughs> where I 100% studied the crap out of it, John. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> For those at home, that's the Bible. Um, yeah. So where do you see this loving part? Well, first of all, Jesus dying on the cross. Okay, okay let's stop right there. Jesus dying on the cross. Yahweh's all powerful. Could he have forgiven somebody any other way? Did he need bloodshed? Yes. Why? That's the way he had set it up. I mean, that's even a fulfillment of Old Testament, Old Testament uh, uh, forgiveness. Right. Well, Hebrews um, nine twenty two. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Right. Um, so instead of forgiving people like normal, Yahweh decided at some point in infinity of his life that 
he is going to need things to die in order to forgive somebody. And that's the way it is today. Anytime we no. forgive somebody, anytime we forgive somebody, there has to be a death. No, John. There, ha- there is a price to be paid when we forgive somebody. If you, not if, a chance. If somebody, if somebody wrongs you, it does. I'm not saying it's death. Well, but there, is, well, there is sacrifice. No, <laughs> see, I got gotcha. you. It's not blood, um, is it? So no, Nobody sheds any blood. Nothing has to die. There is sacrifice whenever we forgive somebody. We are having Such a as, sacrifice. What are you sacrificing? Well, for instance, if somebody wrongs me uh-huh. and um, I decide to sacrifice them, I'm sacrificing um, my my desire to uh, take revenge. Wow. I'm, I'm sacrificing within me the, um, there's pain. That I may you don't just to want to forgive pain. people, you want it revenge? Come on, John. Pardon me? Come on, John. You don't need revenge. You don't want revenge. <laughs> Yahweh wants wrath and revenge. You're, you're, you've got to, okay. So as a loving, you, you have kids, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So as a loving yes. father, we can both, we're, I can assume that you're a loving father. You don't seem like a jerk or an asshole or anyway. So you seem like a nice guy. I'm sure you're good to your kids. I'm sure if your kids did something wrong, you wouldn't try and be wrathful or vengeful to them. Um, you would probably just forgive them when they asked for, you know, I'm sorry. I heartfelt. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I'll, you know, I'll do better next time. Anything like that. You don't ask for bloodshed. You don't ask for them to kill the cat. No. Uh, sacrifice this to me but Yahweh no. has to have blood he cannot just normally forgive well he can uh, forgiveness without bloodshed uh, Jesus forgives a paralyzed man Jesus forgives a woman who won't stop kissing his feet in Luke 7 uh, Yahweh forgave David for his sins in 2 Samuel without nobody dying Jesus gave the disciples the power to forgive sin nothing had to die there Yahweh atoned Isaiah's sin with a hot coal that was an interesting story that was Isaiah 6 6 and then sin can be forgiven through prayer according to James 5 so all these spots we have sin that is forgiven without bloodshed but we see in Hebrews 9 22 without the forgetting uh, the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness and then he requires Jesus to die he makes this whole being this whole separate entity with perfect blood so he'll be able to forgive people that are bathed in perfect blood. It's so gross. It's so weird. But that's what happens. And I don't think that's very mm. rational or just or fair or loving or any of those things. I can forgive without that. He made simple, flawed human beings that can forgive others naturally without any kind of bloodshed or anything dying. You talk about sacrifice, John. Sacrifice of, of pride or 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 your <laughs> sacrifice of not getting revenge is a weird one, but stuff like that. I, I don't I don't understand how we mere humans can forgive without bloodshed, but Yahweh has to create a being that's so perfect with blood that he can forgive people. It just it just doesn't add up to me as a rational loving being. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> i appreciate you listening anyways um, sure, sure but i just i always hear that oh jesus is such a great love story no it's disgusting you had to create a, your own kid so you can kill it to forgive people and sprinkle his blood on everybody dude that's gross that's gross that's so weird that doesn't make any sense how that's i think loving. what that does is really uh show us the uh the seriousness of sin because we take that wow. so lightly sometimes. Dude, and the, um, <laughs> to God, it, it, for God, sin is, is it's very serious. And well, we, he needs we... to calm down and not get so butthurt about things. <laughs> Holy cow, calm down, God. Don't be yeah. so angry with little sins. It's okay. 
Just yeah. forgive people. Don't you don't have to kill anything or send them off for an eternity to torture because they did something to piss him off, you know? It's just so egotistical and like thin-skinned. There's the word. Very thin-skinned, it seems like. Well, uh, uh sin, be is a, is a, sin is a big is a big deal. And sometimes we don't oftentimes we don't consider it a big deal. Hmm. Uh, you know, we we kind of scale it as like a sin on a one to ten scale. What are tens down to fives to ones? And and in in God's sight, sin is what separates us from Him. Sin is what separates us from Him. Whether it's a lie or whether it's a murder, it separates us from God. So a lie, if I just lie, that makes Him so mad He can't forgive me unless something dies. Something already did die, Jesus, once and for all. So still something had to and die they, and, because and, I and, lied. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we see Jesus on the cross, like, and that, that was something that was, uh, he, the father and the son were together when that was determined as the way to, to, uh, to be able to pay the penalty for sin. You know, they were together in heaven when they came up with the plan to do this. And Jesus had a choice and he said, yes. I mean, like, when he, Jesus had that choice of whether he would go to the cross or not. And that's, that's the thing about it. God had a choice. God didn't say, I'm going to put you on the cross. Um, and you don't have a choice, but Jesus did have the choice. But Jesus is God. Yeah. So God set up his own, God too. God set up his own death and then yeah. told God himself, it's okay. You don't have to do this. Yeah, I know. God Isn't that weird? Said, that, tri- that Trinity that thing no is really kind of, <laughs> I know that tri- that Trinity thing is really hard to get our heads around, isn't it? Man, it's so Father, confusing. Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, so, no, uh, it makes no sense to me. How does that work yeah, for you, I mean, John? Jesus had the choice of go to the cross or not. God had the choice. Yep. Jesus, God, God, God the gave son. himself a choice. God, this God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, and God, the son had a choice of God gave whether he would pay the penalty that my head the father that. had, uh, had set up in, in his his way of paying for the the sin of man. God required something, set in stone, had to have bloodshed for forgiveness. But then he gave himself a choice. Yeah, he gave his son a choice himself. Yeah, Jesus was hundred percent God, hundred percent man, and when he but was this was the Earth, plan all along, and God was going to go through with yes, it. So if Jesus didn't yes. do it, he'd create another perfect being to die. Like, how does that work? I don't know. Man, it's so confusing, John. None of this is question. making any sense to me, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, we try to wrap our heads around it, and it's uh, it's it tough. Doesn't it's tough. work though. Like, how does that make sense to you? Because to me, it's just nonsense. How does that work to you? How does what work? All of that. God gave Himself a choice, but He didn't have a choice. But He did have a choice. Man, that's confusing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean. He did. I mean, Jesus <laughs> stated that when he was here on earth, he was going, he was going to go to the cross. Yeah. That's he what he was going over to over and over again. Yeah. So and he, that was his, that was his intention. He, he was born to die. Jesus was born to die. But he had a choice. That, that was the, that was the big deal. So he wasn't born what, to die. He was born with a choice. Yeah. But he was, he was, he was born physically here on earth to die physically here on earth. And hmm. that that's the biggest work he did. That's was it? to die on the cross. And the greatest miracle was when he rose from the dead. Hmm. And we saw three years of, of other miracles and healings and all the other things. And we say, wow, that was Jesus, all the great things he did. 
well, that was three years of good things. Hmm. Dying on the cross was the good thing that counted for eternity from that point forward, which is pretty amazing. Hmm. Because he came knowing he was I think it'd be more amazing if he just forgave everybody like a normal person instead of yeah. wanting bloodshed for forgiveness. I think that's disgusting and pointless. Well, yeah. That's so sin. It's the tough. sin I mean, that was wiped out at the cross. Was it wiped out? So nobody has sin anymore. The penalty, or we have to keep the penalty was wiped out. The penalty for sin was wiped out. So nobody has to worry faith. about a penalty for sin. For those who put their faith in Christ. Oh, you have to and, believe first that right. he did this. And right. then you get your sins wiped out and you can sin as much as you want. And, and... yes, you can. Like Paul said, should I sin? Well, but he wow. says, no, you shouldn't. Because <laughs> oh, Paul okay. <laughs> gave that argument in Romans 7, wasn't it? Hey, yeah. now that I'm forgiven, shouldn't I, I just seven, sin yeah. as much as I want? And yeah. it's like, no, no, that's not the way it works. And hmm. really, once we enter in that relationship with Christ and uh, understand that, it's like, well, well, why would I sin? Why would I go back to that life? But you're still going to sin. God and offers stumble, me, offers right? me new, new life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we okay. We so, love to sin, don't we? Because it's fun. But we it's just said we don't want to. And we enjoy sinning. I'm so confused, John. We so, enjoy sinning. That's I, why. I, that's why it's so hard. I enjoy know, making God is, mad. I if, love if it. Sinning was, so if fun. sinning was was painful, if every time we sin, we'd hit ourselves on the head with a hammer, we'd probably Jesus. start sinning. But it's enjoyable, <laughs> so that's why dead. we do it. <laughs> John. Do not hit yourself on the hammer with the head with a hammer, please. Don't follow that. Yeah, Just a yeah. little side note there. Oh, man, for the insurance purposes. Um, <laughs> so this sin, it, man. Okay, so when you sin now, it just goes away? Or do you have to ask for forgiveness? Or is the blood already on you? Invisible blood? How does, how does that work, John? Yeah, how does it work for you? It's, uh, you know, it's the sin is already forgiven. Mm-hmm. Sin's already forgiven. I mean, First John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness." And that's that's really an affirmation. If we're saying mm-hmm. yes, you know, it's not like, uh, and I, when I come to Jesus, I don't say, "Jesus, forgive me of my sin." He's already forgiven me my sin. I come and say, "Jesus, I've sinned." Thank he knows you for that dying already. Dying on though. the cross, and okay. and there's sin. There's you know repentance and turning away from the sin, but we're 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 claiming what's already true from what Jesus did on the cross. He died once for all. And for us on this earth, we, hmm. we, do, we do sin <laughs> throughout our life. And we what need to go you, back and claim uh-huh. that truth. We need to wipe the slate clean. You know, it's not, the, it's not that we're cut off from God of relationship with God, but we're cut off from fellowship with God. It's like when you have an argument with your wife, you're still, you're still married, but boy, you don't have a really good relationship. <laughs> and so there needs to be that that confession and, uh, and coming to her. So what if you have sin on your slate when you're, when you, and then you die, you don't ask Jesus or tell him you're sorry or, or whatever it was. Uh, what if you still got that sin on your slate? Do you, do you get punished for that? No, I mean, Jesus died for that. I, I, okay. So you can go about... to debt. You can go to your deathbed with sin, right? We all do everybody. I, I'm pretty sure just about everybody does. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, just breathing for some people pisses y'all way off. So, I mean, yeah. he's so, so thin skinned. Like, oh, <laughs> so it's not, it's not that we don't have that, uh, that salvation relationship, but you know, when we confess, it's almost like the, it really, it's true. When we confess our sins to Jesus, as we sin, it's not for his benefit. It's for our benefit. Why? Because 
if not, then we're the ones who experience the guilt and the the fear and the shame and the anxiety and the worry and all those things that result from that separation from fellowship with God. So it's to our benefit to have a clean slate. Huh. It's I have. Benefit. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, but I have separation from Yahweh and Jesus. I have no relationship with them. I don't think they exist. I don't talk to them. I don't, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have that anxiety or worry or nothing. Mm -hmm. um, now I used to have the, the fear of hell. That was because uh, of my indoctrination when I was younger, but that's a long gone now. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, it's very freeing, but I don't have that anxiety and, and worry or anything. I, I don't, I don't feel a lack of anything really. I don't feel that empty hole. If anything, I had more of an empty hole when I was a Christian because I was looking for this invisible man to fill that empty hole. And he never showed up. He never gave me anything. I got goosebumps a couple of times during the praise and worship songs uh, mm -hmm. or, or when the pastor says things, but that's goosebumps. I can get that for a movie from a concert from hanging out with the wife sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I just, it's very weird to me. Yeah. And I mean, what was, uh, what was the turning point? What moved you from, putting your faith in Christ and saying no longer I'm you disowned the faith or yeah well f the first part was he never showed up first part was all that I was a uh, struggling teenager looking for answers you know and everybody told me teen or the church is where it's at uh, I was raised in the church you know so I mean of course everybody told me that's where the where the answers were mm -hmm. at comfort lies and all that shenanigans but I didn't see it I didn't feel it I didn't witness it I didn't um I participate as much as I could, of course. But um, and then to make matters worse, what I did was I sat down to read my Bible. That was the huge turning point for me. Going through and actually dissecting these verses, looking at the history of the Bible, how it got put together, the history of the people that put it together, where they came from, what they believed before they put this together, uh, the Canaanites and all that. So all that research led me to my non-belief, to my lack of belief. Um, and, and, um, it, it, the Bible says in several places, you can just call on God. He'll show you answers. He'll show you things. He doesn't know. He'll show up when you call him, he'll be there for you, all that fun stuff. And it never happened. And my, my, my favorite thing I always get from, from Christians is the, uh, oh, you didn't try hard enough. Well, how do you know I didn't try hard enough? Who are you, man? It's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> or you didn't wait long enough. God's still, he's still waiting. What, what do you mean he's waiting? What's he waiting for? It's so weird. He's always waiting for something, invisibly waiting. So, mm -hmm. and that's where I'm at. That's, that's how I got to where I'm at is I've just put it, it all behind me. Um, obviously not all of it. We're here talking about it, but yeah, you know, I've, I've well, gained got some great Bible knowledge. Thank you. I've heard that before, but you know, there's, and, there's so uh, much to it. There's a lot to it, man. I've just scratched the surface on some of the things in there. So sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just, I wanted to say that. And uh, I, I'm just thinking that, you know, the Bible is the word of God and the Holy spirit enlightens us to the word of God, which is, which is really key. And if we, if we read it as a textbook, then we read it in, in a horizontal. Plan. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And but you got to so look at the history it, of it too, and where it came from, and why they wrote it, and 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 in what uh, style they've written it in, and these different people from different styles and different points of view, and there's so much to it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Just as in uh, the people I know, family members and whatnot, who just dive in. And go, oh, I believe it, Jesus, 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 but they haven't actually read it. And it's like, wait a minute, do you know about this? <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's where I. That's where you know. 
a lot well, of my you stuff know, we don't from. need to, in order to have faith in Christ, we, when I came to know the Lord, I went forward at a church, a small Baptist church, mm -hmm. back row. Somebody told me about how to be born again. He mm. walked through the, the story of Nicodemus. Oh, yeah. And first time I ever heard that. Well, I've heard it before. First time I really heard it. And I said, I want that. And I said, you know, God, if you can accept me for who I am, so can I. And I went forward that night. And all I knew at the end of that night is I was born again. Hmm. It took me two years to figure out what happened that night. Hmm. What I, didn't happened? Have the, I didn't have the understanding. I didn't, I, I mean, now I can tell you, yeah, Jesus died on the cross and I put my faith in him and I hmm. went forward and, and I don't remember that. I mean, this is like 50 years ago, so I don't remember exactly, <laughs> but I know no I didn't know anything. I came home. My parents said, how did the meeting go? It was great. I was born again. Hmm. Oh, really? And that's all I knew. And I, and, and then I spent five minutes a day reading the Bible. And um, I think that's what cost me to hang in there. The Holy Spirit used that. But the knowledge of everything, we don't have to have the knowledge of everything in order to put our faith in Christ. And I realized that. And hmm. then over the next few years, you know, the, the, the time I spent with the Lord in reading the Bible and in prayer, that, that today is one of the best things I do. I take a half a day every month, my day, half a day away with God. I try to day away, but I, I just can't do that long. I'm just getting, Poor God. He just wants I'm to hang out with go, you all day. I can only John. go half a day because then I lose interest. No, um, <laughs> oh, but uh, <laughs> hopefully he didn't hear that. It's yeah, no. revenge. Holy but cow. it's that time where I shut out the world, slow down, and I kind of gain, gain perspective, read the word, pray, listen to music, go for a walk. I took Jesus out on a bike ride with me once said, Jesus, I just did want to show you what I do every day. Did, and did so he get we his went own to bike? McDonald's. We went to the, on a bike ride. We, you know, we did a little running and things. Was it like a two seater? That. No, 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 no. He didn't need that. Oh, he doesn't need <laughs> he just, that. He just came with me. Hey, oh, uh, oh, he can run know, faster than the bike. Because right? I, I went so much into this performance <laughs> aspect of it. And so much of, I know the word, here are the five steps to a great marriage. Here are the six steps to growth in Christ. Here's the hmm. seven steps to that. And my whole upbringing was like that. And in, in all the, the how-to books of Christianity, I did all those things and it didn't work in here. Hmm. Didn't work in here until I finally discovered I'm not here to live for God. I'm not here to live over God, under God. I'm here to live with God. How and do you live with an invisible man, John? How does Pardon that me? work? How do how does one live with an invisible man? Wow, it's how does uh, one go on a bike ride with an invisible man? All I these know, things are well, very interesting questions. The, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. You speak into the Lord. You speak he's still invisible Jesus. though, right? Yeah, he is. And, and he's I don't mute. know. He I don't, it's not like I see. Jesus in the chair over there, but that's uh, a good thing. We're, yeah, at least we're that, that is good. But <laughs> what it well. is, is, you know, I learned over, I learned about God after I came to know Jesus. You knew I Jesus. More, I learned more about him as I got but, to know, but which makes Jesus sense. is God. I'm so confused. Yeah. So I, I learned, I learned more about God as I got to know him. And there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing him. So how did and you get to know God? Um, reading the word, the not, apparently not the ones I read though, the jealousy part, the slaughtering of kids, you know, not uh, those yeah, parts. I, right? I read quite a bit. I haven't read the whole old Testament, but I, I, I have, cause I've gone through the Bible completely. Oh man. You should times. definitely look at Samuel's the first and second Samuel's. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. I would highly recommend starting there as a good one. Um, all the lying spirits and the evil spirits and stuff that Yahweh sends to people, um, kills kids for, you know weird purposes like that the, the enemies showed contempt that's what he did with david of bathsheba's kid uh he killed it he actually suffered yep. made it suffer for seven days before killing it 
why? Because David did something he didn't like and the enemy showed contempt to him. So he looked bad in front of the bad guys. So, so he had to kill a kid, uh, man, so many things, Job, I'm sure you've, you've penned oh, through yeah. Job at least oh, a little yeah. bit there. That's a great one. Who are you? Don't question me. I'll kill whoever I want. I'm God. Yeah. Great stuff in there. Um, so yeah, but definitely but recommend that a, Old but Testament. that's all man. a part. That is all a part of, of the characteristic God. of God. I mean, it is, it's like, well, I don't like that. So I'm, I'm, I don't like I'm, any I'm, of it. John. I'm, I'm walking away from it. I don't like rather any than of walking it. rather than walking towards it. I haven't found anything at, I like besides the, I love, love your neighbor parts. That's great. But that I can find that in, in, in other things that came before Christianity. Christianity just kind of stole that from everybody else. Buddhism had it, you know, love your neighbor, do, do unto others as you would have to do, do unto you. I mean, these are old things. That's like obvious things. I mean, duh. I mean, <laughs> I don't want that to happen to me. So maybe I shouldn't do it to somebody else. Common sense kicks in. Hey, I'm not going to do that. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't need Jesus you know, who's going to come back with his angel army and throw me into Michael, hell. What I think it comes down to is that. this, and this has become my life first, is, is knowing Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. But how do you and, know and, him? And Paul, and Paul said that, okay? So Paul, who you would say, Paul, of course you knew Christ. And, no, and I yet wouldn't. He, says, he, he says, even myself, I want to know Christ meaning you know him and you know him some more and you know him some more and you know him some more it's not just knowing about him it's not just having the intellectual knowledge it's that heart knowledge of knowing him like we would know a, a best friend yeah and, and my best friend that, was killing kids i would not be my best friend yeah well you're best requiring friend, slaughter for, <laughs> my best friend went to the cross <laughs> that's well he you didn't know? have to he didn't have to god yeah. could have just done it another way but that's so weird um yeah well, we're almost out of time here. Okay. Um, did you have any closing questions or, or, or statements to? Well, if anybody there? wants to know more about the whole concept of moving out of performance Christianity, well, moving that into yes. that knowing Christ, Find I just encourage you to visit my website, freshfaith247.com. In fact, I've got a, a free download you can get. It's called the 21 Day Fresh Faith Experience. And it's a 21 day devotional that, and it's a journal. Um, it's a, it's a digital, so you got to print it out if you want a journal, but, uh, it'll take part of that takes you into the character qualities of God. There's three chapters in there about, um, about the character qualities of God. So just go grab that and, um, work through that. If you're look, if you're at a point now where you're saying, man, I, I just kind of gotten, uh, I need to know the Lord better, or I'm a Christian and my, my walk with Christ has gotten cold. I want to warm it up a little bit. Well, hmm. I wrote these, uh, in order for you to be able to do that, maybe get into a habit of meeting with, with God every day. Still don't know how you meet with an invisible man, but thank you for that. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, and uh, your time. Remember today, the Holy spirit part. He's still invisible, John. <laughs> I know. Right. That's it. That's why it's spirit. <laughs> oh man. Thank you so much for your time today, John. We'll keep in touch and uh, stay safe out there. Man. Okay, Michael. Thank you. Talk to you later. And that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. 
For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? One more try. Agent 77, also very delicious. Get you some. Voodoo Ranger. From in the beginning to.